0: Hey, and welcome to All Things Renovation with Brandy the Boss Lady
1: and Paul the Wood Magician.
0: We're a fun-loving couple who eat, breathe, and live all things renovation and we will be your hosts on this podcast. We created the podcast to help you take a confident role in your renovation dreams and get your project done right, on time, on budget, and with quality craftsmanship. Welcome to the show, everyone. Now, who doesn't like a good movie? I know I do. And even better, how about one that you enjoy in your own home with great sound and visuals? Sounds pretty bougie, doesn't it? Well, with me today, I have Sandy McDonald from La Scala Integrated Media Corporation. That's a mouthful. And we're gonna discuss home theaters. He officially started his career in the consumer electronics business in 1979. He opened his first store in 1980. And in 1985, he took over Speaker City, a speaker store which manufactured loudspeakers, typically for home use, uh, while retailing both car and home audio systems. In 2007, he started a company called um, Sound Advice, which was a home integration style company. And it then eventually took over La Scala Integrated Media Corporation and is the longest running, most well-known electronics integrator in the field. The company has won numerous awards for its work, and he attributes it to a dedicated team of professionals with the same goals in mind. So, welcome to the show today, Sandy, and I really appreciate you joining me.
1: Good morning. Pleased to be here myself.
0: Yeah, fantastic. So, for years, home theatre is something that, you know, to my understanding, was sort of something that we would only really attribute to those with the rich and famous, and they would have these big screening rooms in their homes and all that kind of thing. But I think with the shifts in technology, it's become something that's quite a bit more attainable for a lot of us. So let's just start with the basics and assume that we're in a space that's raw or right down to the studs, and maybe just mm-hmm. run us through a little bit of home theater 101, like some of the key components, um, some design stuff, and maybe some se- stuff around um, sound basics, remote control, maybe there's some apps out there with the integrated part of the world, and maybe just run us through some good value equipment. So that's a big, long question in there. So let's just start with key components. Like what do we need to be thinking about as homeowners if we're looking to put a home theater in our in our houses?
1: Well, right off the top, you you said the first thing that's the most important, and that's the planning stage of, of your space. Um, so if you are able to re- renovate, or, or you're building new, obviously, but if you're renovating, but if you can make your room uh, more... Um, I'd say better for sound is the most important thing. Um, uh, you're going to be better off in the long run. So first of all, I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is don't build a square room. Uh, a square room will will generally sound odd. So it's not too hard not to build a square room. Uh, you just have to know to do it. So um, is there like
0: a, a a ratio of width to length that we sort of want to shoot for? Or is just as long as it's not square?
1: there is a ratio but it's not exact so and you know it, it's funny how homes are you you can get a home with the same size room two different homes and they don't sound the same You're using the same or similar equipment let's say so and i say sound the same the room makes the sound to change
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: you have the exact same equipment it'll sound different so um Like I said, don't make it square. That's the most important thing. And probably, you know, uh, use uh, 13 feet or something versus 10 feet. Don't use 10 by 20. Uh, That would typically be considered a a negative move if you did a a room that way, because the 10, the 20 relate closely by multiples. So a 13 can't be multiplied in. Uh, I'm not saying make your room 13 feet, but you know, that kind of thing. Um, second thing with the room is, is isolation of, uh, the sound from the rest of the home. Typically for watching movies, there's, uh, you know, you're typically playing it a little louder and there's, there's a lot of dynamics, you know, whether it's car crashes or things like that. So it can be very quiet and then all of a sudden very loud. Oh yeah. So, uh, to isolate the room, the simplest thing to do is, uh, in terms of the walls, for instance, is to, uh, uh, if you can, to stagger your studs. Um, what that means is you're you're building basically your wall inside your theater room is a wall, uh, obviously, and, and the wall, but the wall on the other side is completely separate from that wall. Normally, that's not the case. As you well know, uh, being in the building trade, you're putting up studs, you're putting up drywall on both sides of that same stud, and, yes. and that's what you get. If you stagger your studs, what you're doing is you're making a wider uh cabin. wall by having one stud on one side attached to that drywall and one side on this side attached to this drywall. And they would be separated by an airspace. That airspace actually creates a very good isolation between one room and another.
0: Yeah, just so that people know too, I'm, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this. Basically, sound travels through a vibration and if there's a one surface touching another the sound vibration is going to transfer through all of that and that's why Correct. we're talking about having an air space in there because the vibration of the sound has nothing to transfer to if there's a if there's an air gap in there is that right
1: yeah okay. and you think well sound travels through air well yes it does but it, it transfers through air Vibe it, it, it basically is vibrating the air as well but it, inside us an enclosed space we're not. We don't want sound to travel through there. And if you use an enclosed space, it won't very well. Mm-hmm. um The other thing, of course, is you can you can double up on the drywall because drywall itself, if you hit a piece of drywall, it'll resonate. If you put on two pieces of drywall, it'll still resonate, but a lot less. Mm-hmm. So the thicker the wall, and drywall is actually not a bad thing. It's it's probably low in its resonance itself but when it's attached to a wall it can be quite resonant so doubling up on that i mean there's many things you can do and, and of course there's not just the walls there's the ceiling uh, and so again you have to do the same thing to your ceiling if you want to isolate your room what you don't want to do uh, and i can't imagine too many people would do this is you don't want to create a bunker out of concrete uh, <laughs> concrete's a very dense material in it, and it and it's uh and it, it doesn't Uh, you know, um, the frequencies that will transfer best, which are typically the low frequencies, don't go through concrete very well. Well, that's great, except that you do want your room to resonate some because otherwise it will sound, uh, what, as we put it, dead. Um, So uh, typically in a theater, you would have a, what's called a subwoofer, which is just a, a woofer in a separate enclosure that creates the lowest frequencies that are re- being reproduced by music or movies. And so your room has to have some resonation. otherwise your bass will almost it won't disappear but it'll go it'll go away in a big way let's say.
0: Right. Okay, so we've got some design considerations as far as the size of the room and we talked a little bit about some sound mitigation. Um yeah. And now you've just mentioned the sound, like a subwoofer. So maybe let's mm. dive into speakers, which was sort of how you got started. And just a little fun note here. Um, mm-hmm. The first job I ever had, I worked at a speaker box making company that did custom pieces for cars, like little Honda Civics or whatever. <laughs> when people are putting those massive speakers in there. Yes. As well yes. as a bunch of um uh, little small little speakers for like future shop and that kind of thing. That was my first job. So it was too funny. Anyway, so speakers, talk to me about speakers. I love sound. I've blown a couple of different sets of speakers in my time. So um, <laughs> you know, let's talk about good value speakers that are not going to get blown up.
1: Um, well, okay, in that or, vein. Or,
0: or the sound, the sound components of what we're going to be dealing with here.
1: A lot of people think that uh they blow up speakers. I mean, most people don't blow up speakers. Uh, I can't even recall the last customer that phoned me and said oh i've blown up my speakers but that's in part because we design the systems appropriately Uh, too often people go to a store they buy their speakers and they might buy an amplifier then they change things over time so they're they're not getting good advice and this is not uncommon most of the people working in stereo stores don't have a lot of experience or education in the field so um so how do we build
0: a good sound system then like what runs through some of those components
1: uh well okay so if you say speakers for instance in a theater uh you want to create a wide frequency range um so size matters um if you if you believe some of the advertising that's out there they say oh you don't have to have big speakers anymore well that's just marketing they're they're looking to to appeal to people who want things to be invisible. Um, And and our industry has come up with many ways to make uh, sound invisible, or or at least uh, fairly invisible. Uh, The um, introduction of of built-in speakers, in-wall, we call them speakers, in-wall speakers, uh, has helped that in a big way. So you can get a fairly sizable speaker, but it's built into the wall. It's got a, a nice paintable grill which you can match the walls of your room. And whether you're listening to music or you're listening to or or watching a movie, it works the same. Uh, So size matters in terms of the frequency reproduction capability of the speaker. Um, And quality of speaker, of course, the the higher the quality of the speaker, that means the higher the accuracy of the reproduction. And that means that a violin is going to sound more like a violin, a guitar more like a guitar and the voice human voice more like a human voice. I do say though, to people that, that when you're buying equipment, everything you buy as part of that system from the source material to the source being, being, whether it's streaming or a Blu-ray DVD, VCR, let's say we're not using those anymore, but all those are the sources they go through to the amplifier and then to the speakers, all of those things are various qualities. And Mm -hmm. and, um, I'll, I'll say to everybody, if you buy this level of product here for a source, uh, you get so many points. Then you buy an amplifier, I'll give it so many points, speaker so many points, and then you get a total score at the end. What you're going to get is terms of sound. Um, The other thing about that is, is how much do I spend on various pieces in my system? That's very difficult for most consumers to know. So that's why it's important to speak to somebody who actually has experience and the knowledge, the training to decide what to choose within a certain budget range.
0: Okay, um, so like maybe list off a, for the average person, say for me, yes. I don't know what a reasonable budget would be, but just sort of your mid-grade good value stuff, not super luxury and not like crap that I could buy at Best Buy kind of idea, just something that's a really and, good range. So what in it, terms what of it,
1: In terms of expenditure
0: spend and uh, also what, what the components are. So like you're you're talking about amplifier, we're talking about speaker, um, like what, what other things are we shopping for that we need to know about?
1: Okay. With respect to the, we'll call it the power, the amplifier, uh, the best value is always, has been always been a receiver and a receiver is, is a unit that, that provides your power, your controls, all your inputs for your various sources. And, um, It's just the best value, no question. Um, The quality of the reproduction by the speaker is going to be dependent on the source and the amplifier. So if you get an amplifier that's weak, we'll call it weak, you're not going to get the reproduction out of that speaker that you could. So that's, again, part of the balance of buying um, your equipment with somebody that knows what they're choosing so the amplifier to choose a good amplifier uh, is very difficult for most people if they compare two in a store or something they probably have a lot of difficulty using specifications by manufacturers that's also not a good good way to go because there's no specification police to to decide whether you're so what, you're the, so what
0: makes it. a good amplifier then in your in- oh
1: what makes it good is how it makes speakers speaker sound uh, how to decide what amplifier to buy? Well, I think the only way you can choose these days is is really go online and look at reviews if you can't get a chance to listen to the product. Now, at least you can go online and do that because we've got the internet now before you didn't have that opportunity uh, if if none of that existed, I used to tell people, if you've got two amplifiers and one and you want to, and you need to choose one, pick the one that's heaviest. <laughs> Because the one heaviest has the largest power supply. It has the largest power supply, which is the most expensive part in the amplifier. It's going to be—they're not going to put in cheap other parts to go along with that. So I know it sounds silly, but that is exactly your best, your best route if you have no other way. To find it.
0: <laughs> okay, good to know. So we've got the amplifier. We've got a receiver. Those seem like they're super key to actually distributing the sound and getting it to having the best chance of sounding really really good and then now we've got the speakers and you know again mid-range or whatever there um you know you can go i there i know there's different types of speakers we mentioned subwoofer earlier obviously we're gonna yeah. have a few different ones and placed in different areas of the room to get that best uh, sure. chance of getting a surround sound so maybe run us through what the
1: so, so if you're types of speakers. most amplifiers, most amplifiers these days or receivers these days have multiple, multiple channels of output. They're, are outputs for the front, the center, the rear, the sides, the top, the ceiling, you know, it, it, it goes on and on. A lot of that is to sell you another amplifier, a new one. If you mm-hmm. bought a, what's called a 5.1 amplifier some years ago, they'll want you to buy the new 7.1. And then they'll bring out a 7.2 or, or et cetera. And what these numbers mean is how many outputs for various speakers. Um, if you're using a small room, which most people are. Yep. We don't, you know, most homes aren't that big. So if you've got a smallish room, um, typically five channels of output is enough. To so keep and those
0: would be roof. subwoofer. Your,
1: your front, left and right, your center yep two rears and your subwoofer
0: okay
1: that's 5.1 the 0.1 is the subwoofer
0: Okay. now
1: you probably you you probably can't even buy a receiver with 5.1 anymore in fact i would doubt it very much uh the probably the minimum is 7.1 and uh so that's two extra channels um and they're typically for the sides or the or side back uh the amount of amount of improvement they'll provide for you is is insignificant in comparison uh to the quality of say the amplifier or the speakers so mm-hmm. i would just as i would just as soon see people buy less speakers but spend the money on better speakers they'll get a better experience
0: yeah so um, typically like five is enough for us like it's, it's price. Price. You, want
1: to, you want to buy the seven fine uh the the new there's a new um product called Atmos which is included in many receivers these days and that provides for some speakers in the ceiling above you and the uh the feature does work so it's not a it's not a marketing thing uh like so many other things it does work so if you wanted to go that length you'd wire for speakers in the ceiling based on the on the so, so what uh,
0: what, is, what do speakers in the ceiling give us as far as sound like what what well
1: it's just more 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 a feeling of being in the sound in within the action i should say sorry so uh, and all of surround sound is really about videos uh some people we use them for a football game and that's okay but uh for music uh it it's not as a natural or a purist i would say that I, i wouldn't suggest that's a good play um music um you go with, you play with two speakers. So you just play it in stereo, but of course your surround sound receiver will do that. You just have to tell it to do that. Right. Um, So in terms of the speakers that you want to use something, um, at least the size of of a six inch woofer and tweeter combination in a speaker is the smallest speaker I would recommend. Okay. Um, That will give you enough of, uh what's called mid-base that will feel pro- it'll feel and sound appropriate and then added to that would be uh, a subwoofer and subwoofers range from as small as six inches to as big as well 30 inches but most people don't see those um, but your average is about a 10 or a 12 inch subwoofer and that that i would highly recommend versus a smaller one or a larger one Large, you don't need and small won't reproduce the lowest frequencies or the output capability that you need to get a good experience.
0: Right. Um, So uh, all of this equipment we have now, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, in this day and age, I'm assuming like we all know what a remote control is. That was a big deal way back in the day. I'm assuming we can still have sort of remote controls at work, it, but I'm imagining that there's also some apps on your phone because that's the way of the world these days that help you to manage all of this stuff. Or is it, are we sure. still on remote control? Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just curious well, about that.
1: It's, I, I have an old saying. You can provide a customer with the finest equipment and installation. Uh, that, a system that sounds amazing. But if the customer can't run it, he will hate you. Yeah, Uh, And so that's why I always recommend anybody that's involved in the the consultation with customers, start with the remote. Don't start with the other stuff. Start with the remote. And I I say that because most people have have a limited budget. Even people with lots of money, they limit their budget typically to a certain amount of money um so you want to be able to run your system no matter what it is so get a get a remote that that is going to allow you to do that and then all the other gear can follow by so go to the store play with it if you can um now can you run it from a phone you can run um you can run many apps for uh your equipment but mostly um you're probably going to want a handheld remote it's it's just easier to use um, the telephone remote control of things is handy for certain things. But if you're sitting in front of the TV uh, and uh, watching a movie, a handheld remote is, I think, good to have.
0: Yeah, that, that's my preference. I'm not a super happy on my phone kind of girl, but I just thought I'd ask because maybe there's a, some people that are sort of more driven that way. Um, so we're talking about all this equipment and so on and so forth. And we did talk a little bit about sound mitigation, but, with the equipment, we all know it things heat up. so what do we need to be aware of um, uh, for uh, the heat mitigation uh, for instance? Like well that's,
1: that's a good topic to bring up and most people don't think of it right off. That's why speaking with somebody who really knows and has the experience of doing these, you know uh, we've got people with us who have sold a hundred theaters over their uh, uh, career and so they know what to do. So uh, you're talking about heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. So HVAC, we call it in the business, yep. and you would know that. Um, I would commonly think that putting in an isolated heating and or air conditioning system into a theater would be a good idea. Uh, the main reason is you can you can completely control your uh, power. Uh, your power, sorry. Your power the ventilation um the way you want it in that room and it will change if you've got a room that's a reasonable size uh that will hold maybe 10 people the change in the temperature in that room will will be quite dramatic over a two-hour period of watching a movie
0: yeah
1: Uh, so as
0: far as the the equipment itself goes like do we put a fan in there do we like you know
1: everybody wants to have all the
0: doors and whatnot like so how do we deal with the equipment itself may be overheating.
1: That's right. So equipment makes heat, of course. Um, certain equipment makes very little heat. Other equipment makes quite a bit of heat. So um, uh, your electronics integrator, if you're going to use one, will know to get all the different heat measurements from all the different pieces of equipment, add all that up, and choose a piece of uh, cooling for your equipment that will be best to keep the equipment at a decent temperature, uh, appropriate temperature. Um, and if you can, you can also ventilate the equipment out of your space and maybe into the rest of the home. Hmm. Um, but there's many ways to do this. So, so I, I can't, I can't give you an advice on doing one way or another. Uh, but it just
0: that it is something that we need to do. And there are, a couple of different ways that we can approach it whether it's direct venting or maybe there's a fan or something in there or whatever and like yeah
1: we 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 would we built custom
0: cabinetry where people want all their components behind the doors but there's no no ventilation of of any kind and everything just heats up in there so we often have to build some chases or you know whatever to Mm -hmm. allow the heat to escape. Um, and this is just basic, basic equipment that people would just buy wherever, not anything <laughs> fancy, but even with the basic stuff, we still, as cabin makers in the past, have had to allow some ventilation space. So that's sort of why I brought it up today is just, I, I just know from experience that we've had that sort of, you know, com- consideration that we've had to sort of address.
1: Yes. And, and, and wouldn't, you know, your, your cable box from your service, your TV service provider is, is the one item that heats up the most, most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so this problem can be widespread. So anything in a cabinet has to be ventilated for sure. Yeah. Even, even though uh, a simple route to doing that, by the way, can be as simple as putting in a, what's called a whisper fan, which is not expensive. You you buy it at a at any, electronics store that sells computers uh will often have whisper fans so it's the same kind of a fan that's in a computer and that will create create ventilation in the cabinet so all you have to have is one of those actually just ventilating into the room somewhere build that into your cabinet and you've got you've got that covered
0: nice um so what i mean we t- we talked about a few different considerations here have we missed anything just from like a homeowner, hey, I'm dabbling with the sure. idea of this, like what else, what other considerations do we really need to be aware of before we're thinking we're going to sort of take the plunge here?
1: Well, this, this discussion could go on for a long time, depending on the type of system one is building. Um, so I, obviously we have, we're touching the surface no matter uh
0: Yeah, no, this is just a, a general like the Home Theater 101, just kind of sure. give yeah. a, a
1: taste um, there. One other thing that's important when you're considering a rack of equipment, whatever number of pieces is the the power that you're sending to that equipment, your AC, 120 volts. Um, I certainly recommend uh, you consider all the pieces of equipment you're using, how much power each one of those uses, and you can find that information out typically on the back or you can get it on the internet. And then you'll know how many circuits you'll need for your system. Um, You certainly want an isolated circuit for your audio equipment, uh, but you may need two of them or more, depends again on how much equipment you're going to use. Second thing is if you're going to use, and we haven't talked about video yet, but uh, we could move to that now if that's all right.
0: Yeah, let's do that. Is
1: is, uh, I'd strongly recommend an isolated circuit for that as well. Every time you, you can isolate equipment, the better. And so, and whether you're using a, te- a television or a projection system, uh, that's important. Um, also, when you're choosing, if you're going to choose a projector, which is something that can create typically the largest screen uh, picture, um, it's important to choose a projector that's not going to give you too much noise, because in the quietest moments of a movie, if all you can hear is the fan coming from a projector, yeah, you're not going to like that very much. So that's important to note. Um, certainly, TVs are getting very large, and so the the need to go to a projector, uh, in some senses, is, is lessened. Now um, we're selling hundred-inch televisions, not uncommonly now.
0: How do you even get that in the house? That's a, that's, a,
1: that's, a, well, that's that's well, that's huge. Not- not just getting into the house it's getting it to the house they're you know they're big and then they're in a box that's much bigger and they're heavy so yeah so you have to prepare for that too and that actually leads back to the building of of a wall Put in a bunch
0: of backing and whatnot in there to be able to mount that tv up
1: you're going to have to put uh wood backing typically plywood behind the wall between the studs Etc. For two reasons: the weight of the TV and B, the position of the bracket on the wall. Uh, normally, you, you might attach a bracket to a to a uh, stud. Of course, the drywall is in front of that, but you find a stud where you mount it to. But the studs aren't always in the exact spot. They're never
0: the, in the place TV. that you need them. Let me tell you that never.
1: Yeah. So, as you can see, there's many details in putting in a system to make it right, and and knowing who you're talking to is so important. Uh, and that they have the experience and can go through the entire checklist of things to do. And each house being different, the checklist will be different for each each home. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about budgets. I I think that everyone has to decide their own budget. Our job, from my point of view, is is to take that budget and put it into the most important things, balance the investment. Over the entire number of pieces of equipment and installation costs, so that the customer gets the best what we call a bang for a buck. Yeah. What they're what they're going to get in terms of performance and longevity of that system.
0: So, what's the um, if if we want to just talk budget? I mean, obviously, sky's the limit. We can go yeah. totally nuts and spend. We can spend all all of the client money. Like we can we we can spend all of the money, but yeah. as a entry level, you know, just get you in the door you know, are we talking $5,000? I doubt it. Are we talking $25,000? Like what's, what's like a really good budget just to get in and get some basic stuff going on?
1: Well, you're right. It's very difficult to say. And, and I always say we don't decide the budget the customer does, but um, it will be relevant to discuss it. Um, I, I'd say that a. Uh, uh, that's saying exactly what it would cost for the whole thing difficult individual pieces is probably easier for me but the beautiful thing about uh, as far as uh, screens go is televisions have dropped dramatically uh, yeah year after year i don't know if that's happening so much now but they're at, they're at such a reasonable level now um i wouldn't buy an entry-level tv i'd certainly spend the extra money and, and that doesn't mean spending a lot because TVs are so inexpensive. In so you can buy a decent sized TV for $1,000, but I would spend $2,000. Right. Well, I,
0: Remember, I guess what I'm getting at here is like someone could come to me and go, oh, well, I want my bathroom renovated and I have $5,000. And I go, well, I can't help you. The minimum spend would be you know, that 20, 20 to $30,000 for a really small bathroom. Like we can't, there's no way we can even do it for less than that. So
1: <laughs> that's sort
0: of what I'm getting at is like, what would be the absolute minimum? Like don't even come and talk to me until you have this much money <laughs> kind of idea. Cause we don't want, we don't want to have people flooding to you going, Oh, I have $2,000. Can you do, do me up a system? It's not, you know, we don't want to be setting people up for, you know, disappointment and, and wasting potential no. time. If people are listening to this and thinking, oh, I want to talk to Sandy about my system now.
1: Well, I'd say it's a good idea to spend, or expect to spend $10,000 at, at the very least. Yeah, uh,
0: that seems get, really reasonable to me, I think, anyway.
1: Yeah, to get any semblance of reasonable quality. Um, uh, it wouldn't be a bad idea to spend 15, but I'm, you know, that's all relative to, it's not about the spending, it's about what you're gonna get for your money. And you will get a, a sizable improvement in, in your performance and longevity, if you invest more, obviously. Yeah. Uh, there is a limit to that, of course, as well. I used to say to people, I said, I'll try to get you to where 95% of the people would be thrilled. And the other 5% are never happy. Those are the what we call audiophiles. And audiophiles, people think, well, audiophile is something different than it actually is. Audio Audiophilia is a sickness. You're never satisfied with what you have but we don't need to deal with the 5% of people that are like that. But I want to get people to that 95% point. And that's what we, we do that by choosing the right equipment, the right mix of equipment.
0: Right. So I'm sure over time, uh, there's been a lot of changes in the industry. And like we talked a little bit about like TVs used to be only this big. And we used to have a projector and a screen and now Mm -hmm. TVs are getting a lot bigger. What do you see as the, you know, something that has changed a lot like in the history of things or what do you see as an upcoming exciting sort of change in the industry that is going to i wouldn't even say revolutionize it but just add a lot of you know dy- dynamicism to what you can potentially do is there anything coming up that's
1: That's to- an interesting question um there's been certainly been lots and lots and lots of things come around you know 3d was here for a little while and the my colleagues that have been in the business a long time says oh yeah this is the third time this has come around and they try to run this through the public and we just laughed about it not 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 for reasons that we don't appreciate that the public has to deal with this but uh, uh that the the marketing people think they're gonna put one over on people again it didn't really fly as as you're probably aware um i I just think that people should focus more on the quality of reproduction of their system, and not so much on the the, the new, newest, latest, greatest uh, thing that that often is not really that useful to them. Um, the, the The thing that's that's really growing in popularity is control, but that relates more to uh, well, it can relate to your theater, but it it relates to your whole house system and that that is becoming more popular and the main reason for that is it's improving a lot and the prices come down a lot that's where you're going to see things improve so as we talked about remotes earlier if you had a uh, started with a control system of some kind you can then put that on an iPad and, and if it can be programmed, then you can program a lot of things into that versus an off the shelf type remote, which comes with, you know, certain number of buttons, which you can program, but it's not necessarily refined enough for, for uh, uh, some people who need, uh, need assistance with being able to control their system. So if that means anything. Yeah, um, well, and,
0: then, and then i mean this is sort of leading more into the fully you know smart home and whatever which is a whole other episode other show and i'll a... come back on for all of that because i think that's a really key thing that a lot of people are really interested in these days but for now we'll just kind of keep it to the, the home theater aspect and stuff
1: i could i could tell you about one thing that's come along that's interesting and that's uh invisible speakers um i if you'd told me about this and i didn't get to hear it or see what it is or how it's built i wouldn't agree with that kind of a product um but uh, invisible speakers are are basically a speaker that's built in the wall or walls various walls or ceiling and you can't see that it's there you Um, cover
0: over it with drywall
1: you cover it you you put it in the well the drywall's there you cut it cut out space for the speaker you put it in it has a film on the front of it and then you you what we call mud over it yeah, sand it cool. paint paint it whatever color you're going to put, it, put there and it actually works wow i won't say that it's as good as regular speakers but it's all relative to the level of quality of the speakers you've bought or are right. or planning to buy so it's been very popular for a number of our customers because they want they don't want to see anything Right. They want to. They want the performance, but they want to see anything. This is less popular in theaters, but it's still possible if you wanted to do something in in your home where you couldn't. You didn't see anything. Great.
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I'll have to look that up. I I I think I remember hearing a little bit about it a while ago, but I kind of forgotten about it until you mentioned it the second. So sure. for bringing that up.
1: And there's some are better than others. Of well, of
0: course, there's always. Uh, a range of quality and value and that sort of thing. So yeah, no. Okay, cool. That, I, I lo- I'm definitely going to look that up. Um, so I feel like we've we've gone over a lot of the, the basics and the components and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's a good place to leave it for today. Um, and before we close out the show, I always like to ask our guests a fun couple of different questions here. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, if a listener wanted to touch base with you on Designing a home theater, uh, what would be the best way for them to connect with you?
1: Well, they can email through our website, lascala.ca, or they can call our office. And typically we will we will discern what the general needs of the client are and we'll we'll set them up with a person in our team who's most experienced in that realm. Right. And then they'll set up an appointment with the customer and either meet them at our premises where we do have a showroom to show people various of the products that we provide. Not everything, because you can't have everything. Oh, well,
0: you couldn't possibly, but yeah.
1: Or we can we can go visit them in their home or visit them at the site where they're going to build their
0: home. Excellent. Okay. So now these couple of fun questions. Sure. Uh, what would you like to change or renovate in your own home right now?
1: <laughs> well I was thinking of getting a new pair of speakers, but I don't know if <laughs> that or not. uh my wife wanted to extend our deck (laughs) but that's outside
0: yeah no that's that's fine cool okay so speakers and a deck i love it um and if i'm curious are you handy and if so what's your favorite tool and if not what would do you think would be the most fun to use i'm guessing that you're handy but you know it's the question i asked you
1: know you know that's funny i'm i'm not that handy uh, I always said I, I could have been a surgeon, but, um, but otherwise uh, I don't do a lot of things with a screwdriver or a hammer. Hammer is my favorite tool though.
0: There you go. All right. <laughs> um, well, again, it's been, it's been great having you. And I, I learned a few things and I'm sure the listeners did as well. So thanks for, for, uh, for coming on today. I really appreciate it. And for those listening, thanks for tuning in. And if you're interested in home theater, be sure to hit Lascala. Thanks.
1: Thank you. Pleasure to be here.
0: Thank you so much for hanging out with us today and learning about All Things Renovation. We hope after listening, you feel even more empowered to take a confident role in your renovation dreams. You can find all additional episodes and resources for All Things Renovation at our website, allthingsrenovation.com. And if you're ready to make your house feel more like home, you can contact us at wouldbeart.com to get started on your dream project now.